Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 239. John and Wendy, welcome back. Trish McFarland. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John? Wendy, I am well, and it is October. Yeah. It's getting cooler here, which is nice. <laughs> it is getting cooler, and speaking of cool, incredibly excited to announce we have a new sponsor for the yeah. show. So excited to. Yes, our new friends at Mystery are on board this month. If you're not uh, familiar with Mystery, like we were not necessarily really familiar with it's Mystery. Not, they don't, it's, actually a t- it's actually a company. It's not just it a, a company, mystery yes. sponsor. Yes, <laughs> it's not just a mystery sponsor, but Mystery helps remote teams building events for them based on studying teams and their interests and what have you and developing once-in-a-lifetime type experiences for them. So cool. We are really excited to be working with Mystery. You can find them at trymystery.com. They're going to be sponsoring the entire month. We're going to be hosting a chat with them. We will have an episode with someone from their leadership team to talk more about what they're doing. Really excited. Very different sponsor for us. (laughs) I was really excited when they reached out to us. I checked out what they were doing. It seems really, really cool. We have a lot of listeners that have teams dispersed everywhere. Probably going to be something they may want to check out as they learn more. So again, welcome aboard Mystery. Mystery. And we will be talking more all throughout the month. Super excited. I, I think it's going to be great, and I can't wait to share and learn more about them with all of you. Wendy, I want to switch gears for just a minute, put a personal note out there. This show is coming out the 1st of October, The Magic of Recording. I will actually be in Kentucky when this show is out, and we are taking my dad home from long-term <gasps> Oh, wonderful. Really excited that he figured out something, or somebody <laughs> helped him figure out something, to want to improve awesome. and to get out of long-term care, I am beside myself excited that we're going to be able to get him home and get some help, you know, yeah. for here and there kind of things. But he's doing really well. I appreciate everybody checking on him and asking about him. And like I said, I want to just let everybody know that when it's out, I will be home. This will be my fourth trip to Kentucky in, <laughs> since July. I think this should be the last one till the holidays, though. Okay. You know, knock on the countertop. Yeah. This should be it. Get him situated. Get him squared away. And and just really happy that things have improved so much there. That's awesome. Magic of recording. Yes. I'm there. This is out. (laughs) I am so excited that we have tonight's guest. We haven't talked to Trish in quite a while. We have not. Last week we had Tom Horn, who gave us all the credit for helping him get his show started. We certainly look to what Trish and Steve have done with Happy Hour. We just appreciate them so much. We appreciate her being here. Let's make the introduction and get started. So excited to welcome Trish back to the show. She is a twin mom, HR tech analyst, speaker, writer, researcher, and of course, host of the OG HR Happy Hour. Trish, welcome to the show. We're so, so excited to have you back. First question, what is in your glass? What is in my glass? It is iced tea tonight. (laughs) I don't know if that's a popular answer. And I'll tell you what, um, now that I'm in my 50s, let me tell you, that's like riskier than me doing any kind of alcohol at this time of night, because there's a good chance that caffeine's going to keep me hyped up at least till midnight. (laughs) I hear you. I I, I once had a cup of coffee like after three. (laughs) I'm not doing that again. uh, Give me a glass of wine and let me wind down as opposed to that caffeine. Oh, my God. Right. So I, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm really hyped up. So yeah, thanks for having me back. This is fun. Absolutely. Well, Trish, I will tell you that this year, I think the overwhelming number one beverage of choice has been water, followed closely by kombucha. We're getting yeah. a lot of people enjoying kombucha. 
Go figure. You know, just like you all look at the colors of the year or that hot color, I guess kombucha is the hot hot drink, drink for the HR social hour <laughs> audience. <laughs> you know what? I've, I've had some people recently tell me that because I've been actually, you mentioned wine, Wendy. I've been trying to actually cut out alcohol uh-huh. only for the reason that truly, I don't know if it's aging hormones. I have no idea, but I feel like I get headaches now really quickly from not much alcohol. So I've been experimenting more on some of the different brands of either low alcohol or no alcohol sort of mocktail type drinks. Oh, sure. People were mentioning that some of them with kombucha is a really good way to still get that sort of relaxed feeling um, that you might get from drinking. And the other one is adaptogens. So my favorite right now is called Hyo, H-I-Y-O. And it has sort of like the adaptogens found in mushrooms. Oh. It doesn't taste like that. It tastes delicious and comes in different flavors. But uh, yeah, so I think okay. there are alternative. I'm going for sort of the alternatives to wine at this point. That's very interesting. My youngest, who is 12, uh, I don't know if she saw it on TikTok or where, but decided she likes Shirley Temples now. Oh, that's so the now we have grenadine and ginger ale and maraschino cherries in the house, and she's hoping we will have a mocktail party at some point. So. Like, hey, totally should. You should. I think that sounds fun. I think TikTok did bring that back because my daughter's 18 and probably about two years ago when she got on TikTok, had same, had to have by grenadine, cherries, the whole thing. Must be a TikTok thing. That's okay. I mean, there are much worse things you could get out of TikTok. Right. I think the latest was (laughs) NyQuil chicken. I saw that. What? I don't know what kids are doing nowadays, but. That's I don't know. Now, unless that really works, like if that's going to like help me sleep after my <laughs> Nyquil soaked chicken would work. But wouldn't you want Nyquil turkey though? You get the right, yeah. I don't know. Oh. Apparently, cooking it uh, intensifies the chemical in it, oh, you know, really? medicine. So it's not good for you. And so, if you are listening to this yeah, and thinking about do it, don't I don't do think it. you're listening to the please HR so far. But if you are, please don't try Nyquil chicken, Tide Pods, or any of that no. silliness out there. Just stay well, away. Just, just the flavor of it with chicken was what was getting me because right. Nyquil has a that that's a strong flavor. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do <laughs> don't that. do it. <laughs> Wow. Well, Trish, I certainly didn't expect to be talking about nitro chicken <laughs> and mushrooms at the open of the show. And here we are. It, here we are. <laughs> it's hard to believe. So you were last on the show with your partner, Steve Bose, in March of 2020. Wow. What have you been up to since then? You know, there's been a little pandemic going on <laughs> since then. No, you know what? That's a great question. And for us, it's actually true that the pandemic sort of changed the way we worked. We did a lot of work with research and product advisory and marketing advisory pre-pandemic. And we did most of that in person. And so changing the business model from going to events where it was very easy to connect with vendors in our space, you know, talk to HR professionals about what their needs are and what their wish lists, you know, were at the time, that all sort of went away. So the last two years has been spent really trying to think differently about how we gather information, um, both qualitative and quantitative information, and then also how to better connect with whether it's HR professionals or the vendors in the space. Zoom, of course, early on was a thing. But even today, um, I have to tell you, I went with uh, my sister, Karen, as you may know, works with us. We went to the Midwest Digital Media Conference here in St. Louis over at the University of Missouri fantastic to sort of break out and start thinking about different ways to connect, you know, your brand or what you're trying to achieve with your product 
through not just social media, but things like the metaverse, right? And virtual reality and things that really are just kind of on the horizon still. And uh, so, yeah, that's what we've been up to, just really kind of rethinking things. You were kind enough to mention the HR happy hour. One of our big changes at this past January was completely rebranding that. We still do the HR happy hour episodes, which are more like around HR technology specifically, but we started a whole new thing around our research, which is called At Work in America. And we primarily talk to people who are either in nonprofits or people who are differently abled, visually impaired, hearing impaired, special Olympians, really trying to figure out how to bring accessibility into greater view in the workplace. So that's been what we've really been focused on these last two years. And uh, we actually have a report coming out in October around accessibility and inclusion in the workplace. So yeah, it's been busy. Okay. I can't wait to read that. I think that sounds like a great report. <laughs> Lots of good information. Talking to people and both individuals who are impacted by either a, a mental or physical challenge is obviously so inspiring when you think you're having a bad day, especially during a pandemic, right? When you think you're lonely or maybe you're not connecting in, in a way that's comfortable to you. What a great reminder that there are people out there with challenges far greater and yet there they are doing it, right? They're they're connecting and they're they're finding ways to work. So yeah, it was actually really fun both to do the research survey that went with the, the project, but then to also have those conversations. Yeah, we're really excited and proud of it. So recently the 2022 HR Tech Conference ended, which looked fantastic from the the Twitterverse that I watched it from. What was the highlight of this year's event for you? Um and any real surprises? I think that for me Better than the past, obviously, you know, year because the number of people was much greater. Um, I don't know what the final count is. Steve, actually, that's one of his clients. So we'll, we'll know soon what the final total was, but it just, it felt busier. It felt like people were really glad to be back to events and it didn't feel so stifled. In fact, it felt like more energetic than ever before, which was great. For me, you know what, we, we were identifying some trends before the conference started and it was going to be interesting to me to see if any of the vendors were talking about these things. Things like the deskless workforce, which is about 80% of the workforce today things like sustainability and specifically people sustainability. Those two were not talked about as much as I thought, which maybe that's a good thing if we're identifying that as a future trend, right? That the the vendors haven't quite caught up to that yet. For example, success factors is talking a lot about people sustainability. I don't know. I think we heard some things like that that'll be fun to watch in the coming years. And then also just a lot on equity, pay equity, brand equity, individual equity, all types of equity in the workplace. So I think that's probably been coming on the last couple of years, but every vendor was talking about that. Every conversation you had mentioned something about equity. Any big surprises? I have to admit, I was only there for a day and a half because I was also kind of like juggling between Success Connect up the street. Big surprises for me. Oh, goodness. Probably that more things hadn't changed. And the reason I say that is because when I talked to certain individual vendors, which I won't name them, but I felt like so many have claimed that they used these last two years, especially really just digging in and innovating. But yet when it came time to actually see that, whether that came to fruition, I don't feel like they moved the needle as much as maybe I was anticipating. So I'm just wondering, I guess the biggest surprise is maybe a little bit of the marketing was more hype than actual delivery. (laughs) <laughs> so that was probably my biggest surprise. Or disappointment. We always hope that they can deliver on what they're promising. I know. And, you know, you, you think that 
there's a disconnect though. I think between any any product, right? Any product in the world that's being made and what the marketing teams of said product are saying, there's always a little disconnect, right? On what's actually being delivered versus maybe what you're hearing about. Yeah, I mean, I think that the vendors are doing a really good job on making sure that HR leaders and other business leaders have tools they need and that they're not just truly designed just for HR anymore or they're not just designed for say, you know, line managers anymore. They're truly designed across the, you know, the entire workforce population that you have. Overall, I just, I felt like there were going to be some bigger moves this year and I just didn't see it. Trish, we have to ask, because you're there, you're you're in that space, you're talking to people all the time. Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to stop thinking that AI is taking over HR? <laughs> you know what? I hope in a way it does. For me, I think that, you know, I've, both been in HR when that was first being kind of floated out there maybe seven, eight years ago. Um, And so, of course, we all thought it was like robots are going to take our jobs, right? I think I remember sitting in sessions titled that, in fact. I'll talk about something that happened today, though, to give you a good example of how like this could actually revolutionize the way that we are working. So, you know, we all have Zoom fatigue, for example. So I'm at this digital um, media conference and they had the keynote was from Meta and talking about... I think she called Horizon Worlds. And so you can use the Meta 2, the Oculus virtual reality, to go into this virtual world and create your business presence there. And so immediately we run out and buy two of those because we must try this, right? We have to figure out if this is going to be a thing. Simple example of how like AI can actually really help you at work. It's like you can go in and have virtual like meetings with people where you're seeing each other and presenting and speaking to each other in a virtual reality situation. And I'm thinking like, whenever an HR vendor figures out how to take something like that and bridge that into hiring, bridge that into offboarding, bridge that into just performance evaluations, like again, give you alternative to Zoom or alternative to in-person, things like that excite me about how are we going to use things like augmented reality or you know, just further on artificial intelligence and machine learning on how do we interact better with people instead of seeing it like as a replacement for us, because I don't think it will be. I'm just envisioning the virtual reality with the awkward little avatars that were created. Well, I did it. And you did it. John did did it. I spoke at a a conference last year. They sent me the Oculus, the whole nine yards. Did you do it? I did. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was phenomenal. Like I had, it was a really interesting experience. Right. It was the first uh, virtual job fair, apparently. Virtucon, I think is what it was called. And I wish, I wish they were doing it. I don't, they haven't asked me to come back. I wish they would because I had an absolute ball. Like they made me super skinny, which was very funny. (laughs) But in all seriousness, you know, like I was I was working with a guy out of Utah, another guy out of Canada. I don't know where the individuals that were, you know, I was I was there talking about kind of the, the job market and not not necessarily just for employers, but also for job seekers. These people could have been all over the world, for mm-hmm. all I know. I'm assuming they were. It was very interesting, the, the avatars that people chose. Some of them were pretty weird. <laughs> For, for me, you know, for the you. middle-aged white guy in America, yeah, the furries and the, uh, the anime <laughs> characters and things, it's different. Uh, <laughs> a, a tremendous experience. I learned a lot just talking to those guys about because they, they set up these virtual conventions and other arenas. And just the sheer numbers of people that are involved mm-hmm. and the, the cultural implications was, was just fascinating to me. I was, real, I was really glad I had the opportunity to do it. And it made for a great story. 
right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I got to speak at a virtual conference. That was that was cool. Right. And it's really cutting edge because when you think about, you know, like almost every speaker at the event I went to today were millennial or Gen Z. And so for them, this is their new, that, that's their normal. And so for us who might have been in the workforce a little bit longer, we're now having to play catch up. So it's definitely interesting. Certainly, we don't have all the answers. And I loved that they were thinking about all the legal implications and, you know, even within TikTok and, you know, just all the different ways that people are interacting right now. And sometimes from a consumer standpoint, right, we get ahead of ourselves, right? We're using these things in our personal lives. We get super comfortable. And then we turn around and try and figure out how do we do that in our business? And we can get ourselves into some trouble. So I think it's actually really exciting to me that I don't know all about this yet because it gives me sort of a new frontier to go explore. And it reminded me very much of, you know, 13 years ago on Twitter, when it was all new, when there weren't easy mm. ways to connect with people, there were no Twitter lists, there were no, right. you know, there weren't any recommendations on who to follow. It was just very raw. Like it sort of is inspiring because it has that feel. So definitely being able to speak at the first job fair that did that, I think would have been really cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope we see more of it. Again, it's just an alternative and, you know, thinking about how do we connect to, maybe people who are 18 to 28 right now. Well, Trish, beyond tech, what do you believe will be the biggest challenge HR pros are going to face in 23 and how should they prepare for it? I think the biggest challenge right now is going to be figuring out what to actually focus on and what to hold off. Because right now you hear, you know, again, I was just with you know, people at two different events. The week before that, I was actually at iSolved Connect. And when you hear HR professionals talking, it sounds to me like they're really struggling with, okay, now I have to do my regular, doing air quotes, day job, right, of what we've always done in human resources and employee relations and, you know, leading the normal things that happen through the year, right, your benefits, open enrollment and pay milestones and things like that putting in their hybrid work, putting in their, you know, any kind of work from home scenarios. And now they're having to deal with, you know, just other issues from legal standpoint, states changing their, you know, uh, employment legislation, things they have to keep up on. It just feels overwhelming. I think I would say if I'm in human resources, I wouldn't go after the low hanging fruit because I think that's what we always tell people to do. But what I would do is if I were still in that role going into 2023, I'd be thinking about, okay, realistically, what are like the three or four things that I can actually achieve and maybe make a wish list of the other 20, cross things off your list of things to do and really delegate. Because I think that we've been overwhelmed this past year for sure. And it's going to get worse. I sound like a Debbie Downer, don't I? (laughs) I think it's realistic. I think it's realistic, quite honestly, because, you know, we try to take on more and more and more and do more with less. And we're seeing that, you know, as talks of a recession start happening, we're going to see that more and more. So that's where the burnout happens. And I think we have to be realistic and say, uh, no, we can't do it all. And we shouldn't. I think too, for, you know, we talk a lot about things like wellness and well-being initiatives and, you know, for employees holistically, but we really don't focus too much on HR professionals. And I don't know about the two of you. I know you both have worked in human resources for a very long time, but For me, after I got close to sort of that 20-year mark, the reason I actually got out of it was pure burnout at the time. When you rise to sort of the higher levels, you start spending a good chunk of your time dealing with kind of those worst of the worst situations, unfortunately, right? Because your team is handling kind of the 
the fun day-to-day things. But if someone has to be deposed, if someone has to fire someone that's really, you know, maybe um, going to be a challenging one or something like that, you're the person that that's falling to. I think the other thing too is, you know, just if you don't have maybe technology in place yet to help you with those things that are on your plate. Um, I'll give you a good example. I was doing a briefing with Paychex and they were showing me their new virtual assistant so that you can actually approve payroll, not just on your mobile device, but you could like speak it right to your device and actually approve payroll within a matter of like seconds. I don't know if the two of you have ever run payroll or been in charge of payroll, but I did that in my last job. I would spend, no lie, it was a company of uh, just under 3,000 people. Two days every pay period, I would spend, after they printed out like a ream of paper report that I had to go through by hand, I would miss dinners with my kids. I'd be at work, you know, three, four hours late after everybody else left, you know, 10, 11 at night on those nights, trying to approve payroll so that it was all correct. They literally showed me that within a matter of seconds and I about fell off the chair. Like it's things like that where I'm like, wow, I mean, just in a few seven years or so since I've been doing it, like technology can really, really help leaders um, and HR professionals truly free up their time to do other things. So that's kind of exciting to watch. Trish, one of the things that we've done over the last, since, since you were last with us, is we started crowdsourcing questions because it makes it a little easier for us. And oh, nice. You started to talk a little bit about this with hitting the, a certain mark in your career and, and how things change. In this case, Christy Engler asked, we're seeing a lot of HR pros exiting the industry, particularly right now with the pandemic and because of the pandemic. How do we get people in HR excited again about what we do? I think you have to take, well to my earlier point, take things off their plate. I think you also have to think about what are things that HR can do that make an impact versus what we think we're supposed to be doing. I'll give you kind of an extreme example, but at least it'll maybe get people thinking in the right direction. So when I worked at St. Louis Children's Hospital, there were a group of us who were HR directors at the time. We were working on a project like an HR related comp project that we thought was fascinating. I mean, talking comp ratios and planning and right, all the things and nine block and whatnot. Nurses Week came along. Our boss told us we needed to drop everything and go deliver cupcakes all week long. And we were all like, what? No, like we are doing important HR work here, you know? And he gently explained and being older and wiser than us, uh, why it was important to take care of the employees who were taking care of our patients. So of course we do this and it becomes like the most rewarding thing I probably did in my time there was actually going out on the floor and, you know, delivering and and thanking our, our employees as they were caring for sick children. So I bring up that story kind of in regard to that question, because I think you have to really look at what you're as an HR professional wanting to do, or if you're the, the HR leader, what you're asking your team to do And is that really, truly the most impactful thing they could be doing? It might be fun. It might be interesting. It might be exciting for an HR person. But is that really going to make that mark on your employees? My guess is probably no. You could probably find some other ways to engage your HR team with the employees and have a much better engagement on both sides, which would keep HR pros. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by Mystery. Making employees happy at work isn't rocket science, it's data science. Mystery is the startup company that helps people leaders to build connections between their employees. 
Mystery's newly launched product, Mystery Insights, uses software to paint a comprehensive picture of employee connections across your company. With Insights, you can see how employees are networked and measures change over time. Insights connects with Mystery's marketplace of virtual events that are designed to build connections between teams. Mystery Insights identifies which employees should attend events together and matches them to experiences that they'll love. Mystery has a special offer exclusive for HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast listeners. They're offering two events for the price of one. Head over to trymystery.com slash hrsocial to reserve your first event and get your second one free. That's trymystery.com slash hrsocial to redeem this offer and start building connections. Thanks again to Mystery for sponsoring this episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back. Trish, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half-hour question connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? I feel silly saying this. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to be in the FBI or the CIA, DEA, any of those you know, acronym type jobs. And the reason being because I am like a junkie when it comes to like crime shows. I love an investigative <laughs> type, you know, 48 hours and Dateline. And yeah. And so I thought, I actually started college and I thought, you know, I'm going to be in the FBI or something like that because I'm going to investigate criminals and really get to the heart of the matter. I don't know at what point I was probably a sophomore in college when I'm like, what am I doing? That's probably like, I'm never going to be able to, I wanted to be a mom actually. And I thought I'm never going to be able at the time to like travel and, you know, go be in the CIA undercover somewhere. What I will say is I was able to find and talk to an HR person. It was my dad's HR person at his company. And she started just telling me about her job doing all of this investigation. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. So I think that maybe I really wanted to be an HR pro deep down somewhere. I just didn't know what that was called. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to be someone who investigated things and, and caught people, which really I don't think that's all of HR, right? But it's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of that. A little bit. I'm really good at investigating. How about that? <laughs> Trish, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Well, I think your your listeners probably already know Fran Reyes, but like Fran is probably my favorite person I have found in the last couple of years. And you, you mentioned Tom Horn, Tom too. Like those two are like people I just really want to pay attention and know what they're up to. I don't know if if you all are on um, Be Real, have you heard of the Be Real app? So there's a, a new app out. Um, all the teenagers are doing it, which is why I have <laughs> right? I have eight, I have 18 year old twins, and so no. But there's this app, and like Fran, for example, is someone who's always into kind of the latest technology, right? When Clubhouse mm -hmm. came out, he was into that, and so I messaged him and I said, "Hey, I've got these invitations from my teenagers. Like, do you want one?" What it is, is it's basically like whenever the notification goes off, it could be any time of day, you have to stop what you're doing. And it takes a photo of you front camera and back camera. So it gets exactly where you are, what you're doing. You're being real. There's no, <laughs> wow. you can't filter it like Instagram. It's real. Oh, wow. I bring that up though, because Fran is on there and I love seeing like, you know, nothing more than like him over in Spain at the beach or whatever. But yeah. He's my favorite. Do the pictures only go to people you're connected to? So, like, if you hit that button, or do, is it out there for the world? It's your see? choice. Oh, you okay. can make the choice. So, yeah, I'll send you invitations. You can decide. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, like, I didn't, I didn't intend it this way because I was asked to be on it by my daughter, and 
now that I'm on it, my son isn't on it, but like my daughter, niece, and then a few and everything are on it. And so they're away at school in Nebraska and I'm here in Illinois. And like when Be Real happens, I can see if they're in class, there they are. I can see what they're doing. Like I get an insight onto like college life that I wouldn't have had. So it's kind of cool. Wow. That is interesting. That is interesting. I'm not telling my 12 year old about it. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> She and her friend are too, friends are too busy with their snap streaks right now, so they don't oh, need something yeah. else. That'll <laughs> last all the way through high school, so. I know. I know. <laughs> Trish, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? You know, that's. I'm glad you asked me that today, actually, because I mentioned I went to that event, that conference, and it was at University of Missouri, which is where I have my undergraduate from. And so I was walking around the campus with my sister. And I told her, I said, Oh, if I could talk to that girl and just tell her, you know what, just try everything. I think if I could go back and be younger, I would just say those things that I thought I couldn't do. For example, I thought payroll was too hard at the time when I joined doing my first HR job. I thought working in benefits was going to be boring or just unfulfilling things like that, that got stuck in my head from who knows where. And I avoided some of those things for years. And when I finally actually got into doing some of those things like payroll and benefits is now my most favorite part of human resources. I'm super passionate because that's where you can be really strategic, especially benefits. That's what I would do. I would tell my younger self, just be really open to everything and everyone who wants to show you what they do. What's your favorite and the most memorable live performance you've ever attended? I would have to say Moulin Rouge. I went to see that had no idea what to expect, I would pay any amount of money to go back. So I think being able to watch performers sing and dance, it's mostly in French and I don't speak French. And so it was just the whole, I just the whole spectacle of everything that I was taking. And that's probably been my favorite performance. I have a close second. Can I share too? Absolutely. I was in London probably eight or nine years ago now. I had finished work went back to my hotel, which is right at the, was right at the edge of Hyde Park. And I, it was raining and I heard music like playing. And I'm thinking like, what is that? I opened my window and I think, it sounds like Cold. Somebody's playing Coldplay really loudly. And I'm like, I it just, whatever. I had already put on pajamas. I thought I'm getting dressed. So I throw some sweats on. I go out in the rain. I start walking through dark Hyde Park by myself. I don't know why I was doing this, but I was like drawn. It was like, you know, by the music. I get up to Kensington Palace and there was a free Coldplay concert for about 2,000 people that Prince Harry was putting on as like a fundraiser. And you could just walk up and I wound up like dancing in the rain and singing to Coldplay for like the next <laughs> two hours with a bunch of strangers in London that I don't even know who they were, but it was like one of the best moments of my life. That is so cool. It was very, very cool. cool. Trish, if you could be on any TV show, either as a character or yourself, what would it be? That's so easy. Survivor. I'm a major Survivor fan. I think I could win it. It just started again yesterday, as a matter of fact. And uh, well, I guess this is October right now. It's October. So just started last week. <laughs> anyway, no, I think I need a Survivor buff or something because I really do. I, I'm not very outdoorsy, though. That's my problem. So I would really have to win based on my wit, my ability to get along with others, I think. But yeah. I would. I feel I'd, like I'd watch that episode. I'd watch that series if you were would on. You? Then I would watch. Yes, I'm not a big reality TV person, but yeah. I could see getting into that. 
I always liked Big Brother, but I feel like that's just a little too catty for me. I feel like Survivor, you've got to like really got to really get in there and win some challenges too, you know. Yeah. Win immunity. I'd have to win immunity. I'd get voted off like right away. <laughs> Recently, it's been announced that it's going to be Trish McFarland Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? Well, first of all, we're going to all have dessert first. That's my number one rule in life. I always eat dessert first, if at all humanly possible. Even for breakfast, if I can manage to squeeze dessert in first, that's a good thing to do. I think we would all probably all take a 20-minute nap. Recently kind of started doing that every now and then, and that's like super helpful. I've never done that before. So we'd have some incorporated napping, much like if we were in Europe, especially Spain or something. We'd just have a little siesta in the middle of the day. I don't, oh my gosh, what a hard question. What do people say? I don't even know. That's probably it. It runs the gamut. It runs the gamut. The yeah. tacos are the most popular answer. Tacos are very popular this year. Some are very altruistic. One of our favorites lately, Heidi Pancakes, like do something nice for somebody that you don't like. That would be what you do as opposed to, you know, somebody else said oh, we're going to go to a, a Cubs game and this and, you know, yeah. we're going to listen to music and dance and or, you know, we're going to knit or whatever it is. That's the cool part is everybody's answer is different. Yeah. I like that idea of doing something nice for someone you don't like. You know, that would be, that could actually probably change that relationship if people just did that right now anyway. Go do that tomorrow after True. you listen to this show. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, finally, Trish, as you know, we are outsourcing. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? I would want to know if they could bring any person into their human resource department that is not an HR professional, what profession would that be? And why would that be a great fit for HR? Well, Trish, it is now in the book. It will be asked very, very soon. I can't thank you enough for making time to come back. Thank you for setting the standard as far as what we do goes with Happy Hour and with Steve. We appreciate that so much. And, and the conversation, no surprise, was great. I'm looking forward to somebody answering that question. And, and maybe somebody will tell us that they actually go do something nice for somebody that that they don't like because you you put it out there again. I hope so. They should tweet it at you. They should tweet what they do. Yes. Yes. Well, well, and at you. So now most of our listeners probably are connected with you already, but if they're not, what's the best way for them to reach you? Happy hour, anything and everything. How do they do that? Yeah, actually, you know, LinkedIn, of course, we're all on LinkedIn these days, just at Trish McFarlane. Um, and, and same on Twitter. I'm still a big user of Twitter. I'm probably a little more of a lurker nowadays, but um, yeah, I still check Twitter all the time. And I love TikTok. We're getting into TikTok. We're starting to do more there. And, you know, again, I think if you're wanting to connect on maybe some more fun things or see maybe a little more of my personal side, I'm starting to put it out there a little bit more. We will have that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to reach you out there? Uh, best way, as always, on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And, of course, second and fourth Sunday of each month. You will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern Time as part of our twice-monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, welcome Mystery on board as our sponsor this month. Really excited to have them as part of our conversations. Again, trymystery.com to learn more about them and their programs. And as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, follow, subscribe, whatever it is on the platform where you're listening to this and where you're listening to Happy Hour, any of these other great podcasts that are out there, make sure that you are following or subscribing so that you get the new episode as they come available. International listeners, we would love to talk to you about doing nice things for people you don't care for or 
be real or whatever it is you may be into, it is easier for you to get in touch with us though than for us to get in touch with you. So reach out and let's start those conversations. Trish again, appreciate being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 